I was reading about this director, A.C. Stephen. Well, he did a lot of work with good old Ed Wood. And uh, A.C. Stephen is quoted as saying, If I run a restaurant, I'm going to give you good food and a nice atmosphere. And when I'm in the movie business, I'm going to give you good girls and big bazookas. <laughs> I didn't, oh, I didn't no. think I'd put that on the... Uh, on the podcast. I think it should be a part of the podcast. Yeah, this this movie, I'm almost embarrassed to like be reviewing it. I am Criswell. For years I have told the almost unbelievable, related the unreal, and showed it to be more than a fact. Now I tell a tale of the threshold people, so astounding that some of you may faint. This is a story of those in the twilight time. Once human, now monsters, in a void between the living and the dead. Monsters to be pitied, monsters to be despised. A night with the ghouls, the ghouls reborn from the innermost depths of the world. That was the opening music to uh, an incredible film that we're so proud to be reviewing on the podcast, Orgy of the Dead. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, so that was uh, that happened. Um, yeah, Orgy of the Dead. I think it sets a new low bar for our reviews. Uh, if we could maybe go into negative numbers, we might do that. But before we get into the review, let's just uh, tell everyone who we are. I'm Matt Johnson, and I'm recording from North Bend, Washington. And I'm Bob Johnson, here in Los Angeles, welcoming you all back to uh, Classic Movie Reviews. You can find us on uh, iTunes by looking at Classic Movie Reviews. And we have a Facebook, uh, where you can find us with Classic Movie Reviews, as well as our own website. And guess what that title is? ClassicMovieReviews.net You know, when we picked, uh, we picked this film because we wanted to have an opportunity to uh, anchor our scale at the lower end. And boy, did we hit, we, we, we really picked a doozy, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, this is, this is a new low bar, like I said, for, for classic movie reviews. This is a worse film than Plan 9 from Outer Space. Well, it is because at least with Plan Nine from Outer Space, they had some plot. There was some story there. It was it was tenuous, but it was it was there. And this <laughs> this is just an excuse to put I don't know like twelve half naked women on the screen. Honestly, like with bad music and bad acting. Oh, and and a terrible story. I mean, well, maybe I should give you a little background here because I always look up the background on these. Films. This film was made in, um, or released in 1965, and the, the distributor was Crown International Pictures, uh, which I really haven't heard of in in my uh, in my lifetime. And then on Rhino Videos, I I guess uh, you can find it on VHS and DVD. I don't know where to begin. 
Maybe well, we just. I think I think we we got to start from the beginning, which is uh, yes, yes, Criswell. Criswell is uh, in this film, and that was the other reason we chose it because he was so goofy at the beginning of Plan Nine from Outer Space, and and I thought, well, more goofiness. That'll be that'll be fun, and uh, yeah, not so much. He's just a terrible actor. Like he's literally like reading off cue cards. You can see his eyes like looking off camera at the cue cards and and it's so awkward whenever he's interacting with uh you know the queen of the the night sort of the vampire type character that is his uh his uh i don't even know like i don't know what the relationship there is but she's she's on screen with him a lot oh man um i was looking at the poster for this film and 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 the uh, caption is come let me take you in my golden arms, in gorgeous astrovision and shocking sexicolor, with Criswell and a bevy of beautiful girls. Okay, yeah, the one that I'm looking at is even worse. It says, naked spirits, topless dancers, and Criswell. <laughs> I guess we should be glad that he wasn't topless. Oh, man. So well, the Black Ghoul, that was her name, and she was played by Fawn Silver. Um, and then the, and then there, and you're looking at, if I'm looking on IMDb, the cast list is Criswell is the Emperor, Fawn yes. Silver is the Black Ghoul, and then there's this whole list of dancers, Hawaiian dancers, skeleton dance, Indian dance, slave dance, streetwalker dance, cat dance, fluff dance. It goes on and on, Mexican dance, zombie dance, it's like... I knew we were in for something when the, during the opening or near the beginning of the film, the man and the woman are driving in their little Corvair, and she says to him, You sure picked the wrong night to find a cemetery. Let's turn back. No, it's on a night like this when the best ideas come to mind. But does it have to be in a cemetery? You wouldn't understand. Seeing a cemetery on a night like this can stir in the mind the best ideas for a good horror story. It's like she's reading it from a three by five card, right? And then, the, and then uh, they have a few scenes of them driving through like the canyons, probably around Los Angeles, you know, outside Los Angeles. And uh, there's one where it's totally daylight. It's totally like noon. <laughs> And they've got their their headlights on, and it's like they forgot to film, you know, they forgot to process that one little segment of film to make it look like it was night. And I was just like, yeah, there's just no, they just don't care. This is another one of those movies where I feel like they just, they just don't care. I think they had like maybe three days to make it. Our, 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 uh, our character in the uh, Chevrolet Corvair, Bob, played by William Bates. <laughs> Bob, yeah. Bob, uh, which... <laughs> That was an easy name for me to remember. Yeah, he he is a horror writer who hopes that the scene at a cemetery at night will bring him inspiration. Right, because but he doesn't want to he doesn't want to write fluff pieces of of like talking about trees or flowers or daisies, and then he's got this terrible line where he says, "My monsters have done well for me." You think I'd give that up just so I could write about trees or dogs or daisies? <laughs> daisies that's it i'll write about my creatures who are pushing up the daisies oh i could i could have uh my monsters would be pushing up the daisies and i was just like uh oh, groan groan well they're they're 
conversation in the car ends when Bob accidentally drives off the road and over a cliff. Yeah, why? Why did he drive off the road? There's nobody else on the road. It's like he just I don't know. forgot to turn the wheel when the corner came up. <laughs> he was he was too busy reading off his 3x5 card. <laughs> uh, you know, there's so... I guess I'd never seen this movie before. Had you heard of it, though? I mean... I had heard of it, yeah, but... You know, when I watched Plan 9 from Outer Space, I was laughing so hard. It was... It was it was enjoyable from a weird, nonsensical standpoint. This thing has no redeeming features whatsoever. So, the, this is how I watched it. I, I literally just fast-forwarded through all those dance scenes. And then just... Whenever the other people came on, I'd, like, pa- I'd play it again to see if anything funny or interesting was said, which happened maybe once. <laughs> Where it, So, I mean, it's, a, it's an hour and a half long movie that I probably watched in 30 minutes because I was fast-forwarding through most of it. I tell you, um, I don't know that we'd need to go into too much detail, perhaps. Well, I, I, had, a, I, had, a, I had a couple of questions for you, though. Like, Oh, okay. Um, so is there there's this whole subgenre of film which is like sexploitation movies and I I feel like this falls within that subgenre of film because the, the only reason that this film was made was to have these women dancing on screen I feel like yes I, I would agree I, and and our director AC Stephen also known as Robert Lee made a boatload of these one of my favorite titles of the film that he made is Lady Godiva, uh, it's a Western, Lady Godiva Rides Again. Now that one, <laughs> I thought, I wonder if I should spend any time and look at that one. And then I thought, I, I don't really think so. But he did all kinds of movies in different genres on, on, on very small budgets. And he was very well known in this whole field of uh, sexploitation films. Where would these films play? Like, would, would these... I... Would these be like a late night show at a drive-in, or like how did these get distributed in 1965, and where would they be playing? I I couldn't think about. I mean, I couldn't really connect the dots to making these films because nowadays they would just be online, or you know, back in the 80s and 90s, it'd be like VHS tape or something, or now DVD. But I, um, at the risk of sounding like I spent my entire youth going to these films, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Wait, now what? What? Now we're getting into something interesting. I, I, I think the two two places uh, that I saw films like this, it, on the rare occasions when I would do that, were, would be in uh, drive-in movie theaters, and it might be a double feature with this and something else, or there were a whole bunch of sort of movie theaters that... that you know, weren't really uh, first-run films, neighborhood theaters or, or whatever. I, know, I remember in Denver there were a couple close to where I lived, and they would run this kind of film. Um, and then in Seattle, there was one uh, down on First Avenue. It's long gone. And I guess it was, I guess it was, uh, that, was the, that was the way you, you, you went to see these. But you, you, you couldn't get them in, in any other venue that i know of well i kind of laughed though when the when they had the credits rolling and and it said was based on a novel written by ed wood jr orgy of the dead i'm like 
you you could write a novel about this. I mean, literally, the the dialogue would probably fit on three pages of you know paper. And I was so then I was like, I really I kind of want to find this novel and see what what the heck uh, that's all about. <laughs> I would love to have had an opportunity to sit and have lunch with Ed Wood. I I, I just this man is amazing. I, I I need to go back and look at the Johnny Depp film where he played Ed Wood. Because I have a, a really greater appreciation for how unique a person he was when it came to filmmaking, or just his view of life. I mean, I was just going to say back to our back to our film, such as it is. The emperor at near the near the end of the movie when dawn shows up when the dawn arrives. Right, right. The sun the sun comes out. Yeah. The emperor and all his undead are reduced to bones. And that was right out of Plan 9 from Outer Space, right? That was yeah, exactly... Yeah. It's probably the yeah. same skeleton. So, the final scene with Bob and Shirley, they wake up, surrounded by paramedics, and it suggested that it was all a dream. Easy, miss. Everything's going to be all right. Bob? Bob? He's right here beside you. He'll be all right, too. Where are they? Where did they go? They tried to kill me. What's this you say? Who is going to kill you? The ghouls, they all turn into skeletons. Take it easy, miss. What she needs is a good rest. It's true, I tell you, it's true. They all turned into skeletons. She, she cut me here. Probably was bruised in the crash. You know, you two were very lucky. I love you, Bob. I really do. Forgive me? There's nothing to forgive. It was all a dream. Love me then? Of course I do. <laughs> Did you like? <laughs> I'm sorry. <clears throat> Did you like the ending where Criswell appears in his coffin? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did. To offer some parting words to the audience. As it is with all the night people, they are destroyed by the first rays of the sun. But upon the first appearance of the deep shadows of the night, and when the moon is full, they will return to rejoice in their evil lusts and take back with them any mortal who might happen along. Yes, they were lucky, those two young people. May you be so lucky. But do not trust to luck at the full of the moon. When the night is dark, Make a wide path around the unholy grounds of the night people. Who can say that we do not exist? Can you? But now, we return to our graves, and you may join us soon. <laughs> if I were Criswell, I would have said, you paid money to see this? Yeah, yeah, suckers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can only assume that these things made money because they kept making them, you know, all well, and and uh, Criswell was pretty well known. Like I was doing a little bit of research on him, uh, just <laughs> doing some searching on YouTube, and found a clip of him with Johnny Carson on the Tonight Show. Way, I mean, this is way back when the show just was. Oh, getting started. I haven't seen that. And he he's got the whole stick. I mean, it's exactly like the opening of Plan Nine from Outer Space, or the opening of this one, where he's saying that. You know, I am Criswell. For years, I have told the almost unbelievable, related to the unreal, and showed it to be more than a fact. You know, just like total nonsense. And 
So we thought we would get a jump on everybody and find out what Criswell will predict for 1966. Would you welcome Criswell? Well, it is a great honor again to be with you and all of your friends on New Year's Eve of 1965. And I'd like to say greetings, my friend. We are all interested in the future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives, whether we want to or not. Well, that's, you can't argue with that. <laughs> my first prediction is that I predict that the year of 1966 will be a year of tricks, <laughs> deceit, and deception, 1966. He knows. Yeah. He knows. And I've heard has been working on his expense account already. Not <laughs> <laughs> a bad, bad year. Excuse me, I don't mean to, that's why I interrupt there. I further predict that many executives will go on strike in protest against the many new union regulations. Well, what kind of executive? Just executives in general? The average executive, yes. Right. Have our NBC executives gone on? No. no. They were protesting last week, remember? They, were they? They burned their washroom keys. Oh, yes, <laughs> I I predict a family coat of arms will be the new fad in America. Yes, a new family American pride in your own personal family right here in America and the family coat of arms will be your number one fad for 1966. That's interesting. You have a coat of arms? No, I, my, I have one. I'm not aware of it. I, but I'm going to get one tomorrow. It would be better if you want to, you know, come out right. I predict a dude and a nude ranch will open somewhere in the Midwest. <laughs> a dude and a nude. That's right. Somewhere in the Midwest. And I'll lay odds you won't hear a discouraging word either. <laughs> <laughs> and he's actually pretty funny. Like he's he's like he just keeps it totally straight. And Johnny Carson was laughing and trying to keep it together. But I'll I'll link to that in the in the show notes for this. Well, that would be great. I have not I have not seen that Criswell. Well, uh, our friends in San Diego remember seeing Criswell on TV here in Los Angeles. A couple of trivia pieces. Uh, the cape worn by Criswell as the emperor is the same cape that was worn by Bela Lugosi in, as Count Dracula in Bud Abbott and Luke Costello meet Frankenstein. Oh my gosh, interesting. And then another another little uh, interesting tidbit. Ed Wood got, uh, received $600 for the novel, so, his novel of this. Somebody, somebody paid him for it? I guess so. Wow. It doesn't really elaborate on that. Six hundred bucks, although that would have been a little bit worth a little bit more back in those days, but still, wow. Well, after a lot of thought in comparison to our earlier eighty-one films, this has the distinction for me of being a number one on our rate, a one on our rating scale. But it's a low one. It's the it's the uh, winner of the anchor for our rating. Well, I know I was joking about negative ratings, but I feel like that I I can't even give this a one. Honestly, I think we gave Plan 9 from Outer Space a one, and that at least has an entertainment value, 
because it's it's just so goofy and and funny and i laughed pretty hard in that movie but this one was just uncomfortable to watch and it's just it's like a just has i i can't think of any redeeming qualities of this film i i may be dumber for having watched it <laughs> honestly it's, a, it's an hour and a half of your life You'll i i was that. thinking that's why i had to fast forward i said i can't like i can't waste an hour and a half of my life on this thing i'm gonna just skip to the <laughs> potentially interesting parts um so i'm i'm gonna go off scale and give it a zero and just tell everyone don't watch this movie <laughs> don't do it <laughs> unless you want it well you know unless you want a lot of pain what it's done for me, anyway, is it said, okay, we've had enough of these movies now, Plan 9 from Outer Space, The Man with X-Ray Eyes, and now Orgy of the Dead. I think we can move forward to something more um, uh, valuable. Oh, for sure. Like, I'm done with the lower end of the uh, rating scale. Yeah. Like, I'm, I just want to get back into the 8s, 9s, and 10s. And <laughs> we've, got, we've had some great feedback on Facebook and on our website. And there's some suggestions out there for some films that we might want to consider. Uh, but I know. I was looking at that last night. Did anything uh, pop out to you? Do, you? do you have an idea what you'd want to do next? I have four different films i think that would all be winners one one of our uh, listeners uh suggested that we watch uh, the movie genevieve oh right yeah from 1953 or 1954 and i i remember seeing it years ago it's hilarious it's uh it's about a road not a road race but kind of the, i forget what they call them Really old cars, like one is a 1904, another one a 1912, and Genevieve is one of the cars, and it's a, it's just a delightful, delightful film. I, I would that's one. Second one is Bad Day at Black Rock. Oh yeah, with Spencer Tracy, Robert Ryan. Third one is Spirit of St. Louis with Jimmy Stewart, story of uh, Lindbergh's flight in 1927, and then. Another one, my last one is The Defiant Ones with Sidney Poitier and Tony Curtis. And that's a black and white film from the late 50s. Any one of those, in my view, would be, would be great. We had another suggestion that we might do. They Drive by Night, and we had already done that one. Oh, right. Yep. Which was so, a good movie. What, a, what about you? Well, I'm looking at the IMDb page for Genevieve, and that, that looks pretty funny. Um and I could definitely use a comedy after this uh, debacle of a film. Yeah, you'll you'll enjoy it. It's, uh, these two guys are very competitive, and so the two of them and their two wives go to this ro or automobile rodeo or whatever they called it, and and <laughs> it's delightful. Yeah, the the summary here is uh, it's time for the annual London to Brighton Antique Car Rally, and Alan McKim and Ambrose Claverhouse are not going to let their friendship stop them from trying to humiliate each other. Uh, <laughs> uh, along the way, some old jealousies are kindled to the point where two men decide to have a friendly wager on who will be the first back to London. <laughs> so, yeah, that sounds pretty good. It, it's been called the, the uh, funniest film that Erling Studios ever made, and I would have to agree with that, because they made some dandies. Yeah. So should we do that one? Oh, and I... 
I did look up. It's available on uh, many of the providers of films. Oh, excellent. Yeah, and I should say that if anybody does want to uh, watch Orgy of the Dead, this this cracked me up. I had to laugh at this. You can find it on YouTube, but you have to enter in your birth date to make sure that you're you're old and mature, you know, old enough and mature enough to watch this film. So, you know, <laughs> for all you younger <laughs> listeners out there, you're going to have to put in a <laughs> <laughs> a false birthday. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, you could see so much worse on like cable TV now. You know, uh, I'm surprised there isn't some cable channel that shows nothing but these awful, awful movies. There could be. I mean, with the hundreds of I channels. haven't seen it. Yeah. Who... Well, the poster that I have uh, reads for adults only, so I can understand why they'd want to have you tell your age. And everybody would be honest with that, wouldn't they? Oh, of course. Yeah, why would you lie? <laughs> we, we've at least purged ourselves of the need to look at these films. So why don't we watch... We'll watch Genevieve for the next podcast, and then we'll get a list of, uh, let's say, four films. And let's let's choose, uh, like, a theme. And either, like, a director oh, okay. or, like, a genre or a decade or something like that. And, then, and we'll have another kind of marathon of... Uh, films that are somewhat you know related and are at the upper end of our scale please that's a that's a minimum requirement for that list and if any and if any listeners have other ideas for us or a genre that you'd like us to cover that maybe we haven't covered yet uh, drop a line to us on facebook or on our website and we'll definitely um, take a look at that and we love getting comments and the other thing i would say is if you are listening to us uh, via iTunes, drop a rating in there for us and a comment because uh, we love getting those. And the more comments and ratings we get, the better visibility we have in searches in iTunes and Facebook. So that helps grow the reader uh, readership. I mean, listenership. <laughs> what decade are we in again? Yes, that was in 1947. Well, you know, I like the idea of having a, a theme, and I've, I've got a director that immediately jumped to mind for me, uh, John Sturgis. Oh, right. Yeah, totally. He's he's done so many excellent movies like The, the Magnificent Seven and on and on, but I don't want to close down. I mean, there's so many good ones. Well, and then that gets us into December, and we might want to consider doing some more holiday films. Um, so... We can be thinking about that, too. Oh, yes. I think one that's on my list would be uh, The Christmas Story. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it does. It kind of <laughs> falls It falls outside of our uh, range of decades that we've covered. I know. But I think, it, we should, I think we should make an exception for that one. It, it, it's early 80s. We, we maybe could, could bend the rules since we made up the rules ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's, <laughs> nobody's going to tell us we can't do it, so. All right, well, this was uh, this was fun to talk with you. It was kind of painful to watch this film, but you know what? Now we know, so we can move on from there. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. This is Matt Johnson coming to you from North Bend, Washington. And Bob Johnson in Los Angeles wishing you all happy movie watching.
the moon, howl the dog and the wolf. And creeping things crawl out of the sky. It is all life like this. Most people prefer to steer clear of the burial ground. It is on life like this that the creatures are said to appear and to walk. And the moon, which controls all of the underworld, once again shines in radiant contentment. Time seems to stand still. Not so the ghouls, when a night of pleasure is at hand. And the moon, which controls all of the underworld, once again shines in radiant contentment. <laughs> <laughs>